0: What's up guys, this is Miles Markowitz, and this is Brad Thomas, here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. You only need to ask one question, what's What's the spread? All right, welcome in, it's another episode of What's the Spread, Miles on Sports, Mr. Brad Thomas, we are back after a brief one week hiatus, a lot going on last week, we had Hurricane Ian for Brad, I was out for the count with a terrible sinus infection, I'm 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 still trying to get used to this weather. <laughs> this is not Orlando weather um, that, uh, that I've been experiencing so far. But my man, lots to talk about uh, business is good if you've been betting on football. And oh, yeah. It, 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 it is very rare that we get to say that when it comes to the NFL spreads. But the public had a big day. Yeah, they did. On Sunday, uh, I know you and I were profiting. I know you and I have been killing it in college football the last couple of weekends, looking to keep that momentum here going into this Saturday.
1: You know what's kind of funny to think about, like, and I think I said this last podcast two weeks ago was that first week in college football betting for me was probably the worst week that I've ever had in my life. Damn. And I started to think like all the prep work we did in the off season was it for nothing, and then now move forward to what we're on week six, five weeks later, we're absolutely slaying these bets. It makes me feel like rejuvenated and it makes me excited to break down every game that we look at.
0: It always comes back around and then some. Yes. And next week we are going to start breaking down our top 10 teams. I can't wait to do that. want to start, uh, you know, seeing uh, who is positioning themselves for a national championship. We have some insane conference races heating up. And yeah, we it do. Starts This weekend in Lawrence, Kansas, for college game day. Hands down, the best story in college football this year. It is not even close. It's the Kansas Jayhawks. We got TCU coming off an absolute rubbing of Oklahoma. My God. I think they destroyed their program for the time being. I mean, it was such an embarrassing loss. TCU favored by six and a half here. How are we feeling about this one? Two undefeated. Both teams undefeated <laughs> against the spread as well.
1: You know, this is a fun game uh, from a betting perspective because you could honestly make a case of why you like either team. You know, I think about why I like Kansas. I like Kansas because they, they turn the ball over. Um, they, they have Jalen Daniels, who's an elite quarterback, and we use the term elite a little bit differently when you're betting than when you're actually talking about teams who can compete for a national championship, but we have to look at this TCU team. I think this is the most complete TCU team we've seen in a long time. Normally we think about TCU teams when we think about defense first. Max Duggan is having an absolute year. For me, I'm going to have to bet the Horn Frogs. And I didn't take this decision lightly, guys. Kansas is getting points at home in a sellout. With college game day coming there, it has to be the first time ever. It is. With a quarterback who protects the ball and an offensive line who protects the quarterback. I just think that this... TCU team is the best TCU team that I've ever seen in my lifetime. And it's time that we start taking notice. What they did to Oklahoma was no surprise, was no shock. I bet TCU in that game, and I thought that I was going to at one point bet TCU and then get a live line that was playable for Oklahoma, and I couldn't do it. They were beating them on both sides of the ball, getting dirty in the trenches. So for me, it's TCU minus 6.5. It's
0: the best – TCU team we've seen since 2014. Yeah, the best Kansas team we've seen since 2009. Yes, uh, and here we are. Uh, you know, I've had too much fun betting on Kansas this year. Haven't really bet as much on TCU. I'm gonna roll with the Jayhawks here, plus six and a half. I could easily see TCU rolling in here and in, in in winning by 14. But I I think we're in store for a classic Big 12 shootout. We got two <laughs> quarterbacks yeah, playing probably a very high level and Dugan and Jalen Daniels, who both are just having tremendous seasons. There's really not a bad thing you can say about the way both of these teams are playing right now. Um, Kansas, on the defensive side, held Iowa State to 26 rushing yards last week. So that's promising that I feel like that. Just looking for who can slow down who at at some point. Now, TCU has a lot of momentum. There's no doubt. But I don't think that they can repeat a 55-point performance that they had in such a a dominant – defensive performance that they had against Oklahoma keep in mind Dylan Gabriel did go down in that game it was already over at that point even in the first quarter but it was still a situation where Oklahoma had nothing to offer on the offensive side of the ball Kansas knows what they were going to come in and do they have the offensive identity both of these teams do I'd feel better if it was plus seven but I'm rolling with the Jayhawks at plus six and a half and I think it's going to be a great game I can't wait for that one
1: I think that we're treated to so many good games this week and like For me, this game, I could have made a case for anyone, and I hate, hate, hate betting teams that are coming off massive wins, but I just think TCU's defense is a lot better than I thought it was to start the season. The next game is a game that could possibly be a look-ahead. We have Tennessee laying three at LSU. This is the first time that the Volunteers have traveled to Baton Rouge in quite some time. Do they change their unfortunate luck? against the Bayou Bengals. That's the question that we have to ask, Miles. How are you going to play this game?
0: Listen, with a Tennessee minus three line going to LSU, I think this has an LSU win written all over it. But there's no way that I'm going to bet the Tigers here. I'm going to take Tennessee minus three. I I think Tennessee comes in and wins the game, so I'm not going to worry about the spread. They're the better team. LSU has been winning games since they lost to Florida State in week one, but they have not been winning the box score. I don't know how they're uh, they're coming in and winning these games. I I thought their their performance last week against Auburn, they end up winning the game. But Auburn is one of the worst teams in the SEC. Yes, easily is playing at such a high level on offense right now. Now this is definitely going to be the toughest defense they have faced up to this point. But keep in mind, Florida has no pushover on defense either. And Hendon Hooker had a game. Yeah, he against did. Florida, uh, on the road. SEC, this is going to be tough. LSU, as I said, they've been playing well since Florida State. We've kind of forgotten about Brian Kelly in the time. We game. have. But they're starting to put together a pretty good year. But I think Tennessee wins the game. I'm not going to overthink this one too much. I'm taking the volunteers to not look ahead to Alabama next week.
1: You know what's funny? Um, when we talk about look-ahead spots, I like to, to think of teams who are double-digit favorites. There's no way in hell that I'm going to think about a look-ahead spot for a team that is a point. Favorite. Listen, this Tennessee. So this Tennessee team. I love looking at PFF. Their overall PFF grade is eighty-six point seven nine. Their only weaknesses are in coverage. Do we think Jaden Daniels is going to be the the quarterback to break them down? Pass blocking, sure. But you have a mobile quarterback in Hendon Hooker. I am all over the Volunteers. Me and you, I think we look at uh, three point spreads pretty similar. Where we we almost consider them a pick them. In college football. And the reason why, in college football, you guys have to remember that the margins are not as thin in the NFL. You know why? Mostly because college football kickers suck. But three-point wins aren't that likely. I think that Tennessee wins this game handedly. And if you play alt lines, I think that's the only time you have to worry about a Tennessee cover because I think Tennessee wins this by six or seven points.
0: I think it's time to accept that Tennessee is a legit threat in the SEC. Agreed. You know, I – I didn't think that, that – I was starting to think that I wouldn't see this with this Tennessee program, but what Josh Heupel is doing is incredible. They've got their quarterback. I think they're going to take care of business here. You've, you've got to think about this too from a program perspective. Brian Kelly's in his first year. He's still trying to figure things out at LSU. Tennessee is marching ahead with Josh Heupel at the helm with an identity that they believe in, with a quarterback that they believe in. They know they have Alabama next week, but this is no joke here. It helps that also it's not a night game. We got an 11 a.m. local time start, then there's going to be plenty of time for Tennessee to get their feet wet and come in and win the game.
1: Yeah, that's a fun game. Um, you know, when I think about this game, it, it's going to tell us a lot about both programs because if Josh Heupel loses this game, it will be a schmear on what he's done with this Tennessee program. Um, you know, he has them trending in the right direction, and I want him to be successful because he's made football fun again in Knoxville.
0: No doubt. And Tennessee is one of those uh, programs that it's fun to see them back. It's fun to see them back. Yes. All right. Let's go ahead and move into the Pac-12. We got a big one here. Utah, three-and-a-half-point favorites traveling at UCLA. If you were staying up late last Friday night like me and Brad were, you watched Washington and UCLA. Washington started to be – or were the September darlings. And – UCLA just boat raced him. My God. In Robinson making that defense look like children. I mean, unreal performance from DTR in that UCLA offense. But right now, I think Utah is still the class of this conference over UCLA, over USC. I had Utah in the playoff going into this year. They should have beaten Florida in that week one game. There was no excuse why they shouldn't be undefeated right now. But since that Florida loss, they've been playing at a very high level and they got right back to Utah football. I just think that this Utah defensive front seven is unlike anything that you're going to see if you're UCLA in this conference. It's so tough. Utah, number one in the Pac-12 in total defense, number two in the entire country in pass defense. I'm not saying they're going to shut down this UCLA offense because they are – playing at a very high level right now. But I got a Utah win here. I'm not going to worry about the three and a half. I'm not going to worry about the points. I think Utah went straight up.
1: You know, um, I'm on UCLA to win the conference. and I'm on UCLA to win eight-plus games. And before the season, I didn't have UCLA winning this game. I will tell you that. I I, uh, I was really bearish on this game for UCLA. But then we start to look at them play and we look at their numbers. Overall PFF grade of 92.3, Utah over overall PFF grade of 92.1, basically identical. Overall defensive grade of 88.5 for UCLA and 80.1 for Utah. For me, I think this game is about as even as you possibly could get for two teams. And when I get to the situation, I have to tell myself, how do you want to handicap this? um is thomas going to run it all over ucla is charbonnet going to run all over utah i don't think this is going to be a quarterback battle i actually think this is going to be a running back battle and i'm going to give the edge to the home team um sometimes when home team running backs just have that atmosphere just have that crowd where teams are actually coming to ucla games i mean fans excuse me they're actually coming to ucla games i think whenever it's even I got to give the nod to the the home superstar, and that being Zach Charbonnet. I'm going to take UCLA plus three and a half. And at the beginning of the season, I had Utah winning this. Utah's looked impressive. But I just think that the margins for this game are going to be thin because the teams are so even on paper.
0: Utah's looked really good. I think we know enough about these teams. I'll tell you, if UCLA, not repeats, but has another really good offensive performance, in this game at home against a stout Utah defense, that's going to put the Pac-12 on notice. This, this is a big one for the conference.
1: Yeah, I agree. I um, man, I feel like sometimes when I bet preseason, it makes me feel stupid. Like throughout the season, and this is one of those bets where I'm like, holy crap, I have a legitimate shot to win this. Imagine UCLA wins the Pac-12 undefeated. They represent the Pac-12 in the championship. I think they get boat raced, but that'd be some that'd be kind of fun. Let's move to the next game. This game I'm really excited to talk about, actually. Florida State at North Carolina State. North Carolina State three point favorite. Holy smokes. Florida State is so overvalued. Three point dog to North Carolina State. I'm backing North Carolina State every day, all day. And I get why they're three point dogs instead of five and a half. Devin Leary and this offense haven't done anything. But what's most impressive about this North Carolina State team is their ability to turn their defense into offense. And I think they'll do exactly that. Florida State's offensive line was supposed to be stout. It was supposed to be improved, but we have not seen major improvements. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I will tell you that it has not improved to the level that Norvell would probably be happy at. I think it's 61% a grade. Oh, no, 57%. So pretty, pretty poor. North Carolina State, I mean, they're coming off a loss, a loss where I think the box score makes it look a little bit less even than it actually was. I have North Carolina State winning this by six or seven. This is the first real defense that the Knowles have played all season. They've had an opportunity to play some of the easiest cupcake defenses in college football. Who do you like in this game?
0: Brad, I love NC State in this Let's game. Go. I am all over Let's this go. one. This is probably my favorite bet of the weekend for multiple reasons. First of all, that NC State Clemson game, where NC State never had a chance to win the game. However, they still impressed me in that game. It was such a tough environment going into that. So tough. Just Clemson brought it. They brought it, and their defense is playing at such a high level right now, still having some issues on the offensive side of the ball. That NC State defense, after the performance that DJ had against Wake Forest the week prior. Yeah. I want to give credit to this NC State defense for, for, for hanging in there and hanging tough in that game. And we knew how good Clemson's defense is. I mean, we are talking about, if you're looking at NC State, three, maybe some four-star recruits against five-star NFL talent on the defensive side. Yeah, they never had a chance to win that game, but they hung tough. They hung in there. This is a spot where NC State is coming back. It is not a letdown. They are not going to let that Clemson loss deter them. They're coming back home, still have a chance at a really good season, and I think that they're a much more talented team at this point than Florida State. Uh, Nothing against Florida State for their Wake Forest loss last week, but what it does tell you is that Florida State is not quite where we thought they were with their hype in, in the ACC. You lose at home yes. to Wake Forest, who you know win or you know won the Atlantic, the, the Atlantic, right, last year, and so you know at this point, if you're FSU, you, you're you're not there yet, and I this game is much tougher. Oh yes, on the road at NC State, coming off a loss to Clemson. I think NC state wins this game by double digits.
1: You know, I said this in uh, one show and I'm going to say it here because I want everyone to know every single year, we have one ACC team who comes in and they're overrated. They have a little bit of success. And then we start saying, are they back? And that team is Florida state. When I watched that wake. Okay. So by the way, I was on wake forest to win and wake forest plus six and a half. So before I get started, I was a little biased, but I was watching that Florida state game they were getting zero pressure on the quarterback. This is supposed to be one of the best D-lines in the ACC. They were unable to protect Jordan Travis and most importantly, for some strange reason, reason excuse me, Jordan Travis was afraid to use his legs. But that's been a common theme all season. This is a guy who averaged almost 50 yards uh, per game on the ground the season before and now he doesn't want to run. I think he wants to protect himself because he knows his offensive line is not as good as it should be. So I agree with you. I do think Nick, uh, North Carolina State wins this handedly.
0: All right. Well, we are definitely on the same page with NC State minus three and Tennessee minus three. Uh, the other ones take your pick, but I'm, I'm pretty confident in those two.
1: Yeah, I like that. Let's move over to our, our NFL props. I'll start first. All right. So I want to give a shout out to my buddy, Kenny Ducey. I'm in uh, the Circa Millions. This is my first time ever doing that. Uh, basically, the winner gets a million dollars, and it's a ton of money to get in. And last two weeks ago, he wanted to take the Jets. So what have I been doing? I've been studying the Jets. I went back to Jets history. If you guys don't know, my favorite thing to bet in the NFL are player props. I went back, and I looked at all the good, juicy player props for the Jets. And I want to see what changed under Flacco compared to Zach Wilson. And the relationship between Corey Davis and Zach Wilson has been the most important change. I'm going to be on Corey Davis over three and a half receptions. And this is my first time giving out a plus money player prop on this uh, podcast. I want to pull up the number exactly what I got. Plus 140 in the games between Corey Davis. So they played something really, let's say 11 games. This is off the top of my head. They played 11 games together. He's hit in nine of 11 games. He's had double digit targets in one. He's had at least seven and four, at least six and six. Corey Davis and Zach Wilson is like a security blanket or a weighted blanket at night when you have anxiety. And the reason this happens is because you think of a guy like Zach Wilson who's new in his career, he's still trying to figure it out. One thing about Corey Davis is he's a veteran. You have so much young talent on this Jets uh, offensive receiver core. It's always all reliable going to Corey Davis, who you know will catch a ball in big situations. The only two times that he didn't hit this number, it was once against the New England Patriots. Uh, I think they got destroyed in that game. He had five targets. He dropped one of them. Once against the Philadelphia Eagles, where he only had three targets. Every other game that he hit, he had six, seven. 10 targets this is my favorite play of the weekend and it's plus 140
0: i'm all about it i will ride that with you you know what what else i want to see i want to start seeing a wilson to wilson connection with the jets garrett wilson as well fun I i think this passing attack has uh has a lot of um potential uh to be something so i will i will ride that prop with you Uh, For myself, I'm gonna ride a hot hand, and that is my man Debo Samuel. I'm gonna go Debo Samuel over 55 and a half receiving yards. He had 115 yards on Monday night, 73 yards the week before in an 11-10 loss to Denver. Yeah, hit his prop there. My man has hit this number six of his last eight games, and he has a really good matchup in the Panthers' secondary. My man Chris Olave a couple weeks ago went off for 147 yards against this Panther secondary. Uh, So I like Debo to hit his receiving prop.
1: I like that a lot. So, you know, (laughs) when Debo signed his new contract, a lot of people were saying, hey, Debo signing this new contract, he was holding out because he doesn't want to get hurt. He doesn't want to kind of, I don't know, doesn't want to kind of like put himself in the fire, but he's been handling the ball a ton Debo is going to uh, receive for over 100 yards, so I think you're in really, really good shape.
0: And he he is the focal point of this 49ers' offense. He is more him. than the
1: focal point; he is their entire offense. Yeah. No offense to Jeff Wilson. Um, and then even better for your bet, as long as Trent Williams is going to be out, Travis Kelsey is going to continue to have to chip linebackers. So that just makes the De- that makes Debo Samuel more valuable because they're not throwing to Travis Kelsey. I mean, excuse me. George Kittle, Kittle. as yeah. much. Sorry about that.
0: Yeah, Kittle's been a left tackle.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He Imagine being George Kittle coming off an injury. You come off an injury, and instead of you going and catching all these passes, you're chipping these 250-pound yeah. players.
0: We <laughs> got some things to figure out, but I'll tell you, the Niners look good, man.
1: Oh, my God. Well, Miles, did I tell you the, the game that uh, Trey Lance got hurt? They were a – One and a half point favorite to start the game, maybe three and a half, and then their live line was six and a half when he got hurt. I've never put so much money on a bet. Like you would have thought, you would have thought that the other team's star player got hurt. Jimmy Garoppolo makes them more steady. He makes them a Super Bowl contender.
0: Yeah, Lance may have a higher ceiling, but uh, Jimmy G knows the offense and he keeps it moving.
1: Yep, I agree. I agree with that. Um, What's your What's your spread for the game?
0: I mean, for this week. My spread is is almost a bet against the other team, more than four. I'm going to tell you, the Cleveland Browns continue to just be a disaster. I mean, these guys can't finish a football game. Losses to the Jets in the Falcons, it, both in games that they should have won. We got the Chargers coming in here on the road, minus two and a half. A banged up Herbert or not, I am slamming the Chargers here at minus two and a half. Even if the Browns make this a competitive football game, they can't finish. That's what no. they're showing me right now. Uh, they're they're just having trouble in the fourth quarter, and it just seems to be mental at this point. It, it's it's in their heads. It's the Cleveland Browns, but the the Chargers have, have kind of been up and down for me, but I really like them this month. I think they win the game outright, and I think two and a half is a really manageable number.
1: Hey, I'm glad you're on this game. Um This was going to be a play of mine. I haven't locked it in yet, but when I think about this game, I wanted to see where the public would be. And lo and behold, where do you think the public is? The 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 public's on the Browns. Oh, yeah. So tell me the public's on the Browns. Why did the line move from minus one and a half to minus two and a half? Smart money is on the chargers. Miles Garrett's probably not going to play without miles Garrett. I don't, have to, I don't really care that Stanley or Staley is out of the game. I don't really care that um, Justin Herbert's banged up. The Browns outgained the Falcons so much in that game, you would have thought the Browns won by double digits. The decision to go for a fourth and one in the red zone on the road shows you that they're not quite ready to be a good team.
0: They're just getting in their own way.
1: They're, they're, yeah, they're, you're surrendering points on the road. We know me and you. We know because we're college football freaking lovers. We know how important points are on the road, and I yeah. think they just took those points for granted. Um, for my game, I'm actually going to London, oh. and this this lines moved a little bit for me. It's at plus eight. I, I locked in at plus nine and a half. I still like it at plus eight. I like it as anything over a touchdown. I'm gonna be on Giants plus eight versus the Green Bay Packers. The Giants so far this season are three and one, three and one against the spread. When I, originally, when I originally bet this line, it was with the optimism that Daniel Jones would play. Daniel Jones is going to play, but for me, it's not about Daniel Jones. It's about Saquon Barkley. He's the number one uh, running back in the NFL right now. The Packers offense is so abysmal. He has no trust in his wide receivers. Do I think the Packers are going to win? Probably. Do I think the Packers are better coached? No. And the reason is Brian Debel is a, championship coach playing against the green Bay Packers who mind you are making their very first trip to London with a bunch of young players in miles. Most of these players have never even been overseas. You think they're going to be focused in this game? No. You think I want to take points on a team in London? Yes. A team with Saquon Barkley who looks healthy I'm all over this game, and I don't don't see a world where the Giants lose by double digits. Not to this Packers team. And to make things even more exciting, who could ever thought that a player who is kind of a little past their prime would ignite a fan base by re-signing? Landon Collins is coming back to the New York Giants. He's probably not going to play this week. But the amount of buzz that one player coming back to their original team has garnered is absolutely insane. The storylines are set. I'm excited for this game because I do think the Giants are live dogs.
0: Brad, I like this bet. I mean, going overseas is a complete equalizer Yes, in, in that space. The Giants have been playing some pretty decent football. Yes. Um, pretty decent on defense. And Saquon Barkley is keeping – he's the heart of this team. He is healthy Saquon Barkley. He's a complete franchise changer, man. I mean, look at what he has done in, in just changing the culture being healthy on the team from the outset. Uh, He's an absolute monster and I'm loving getting, getting that many points in this game.
1: I drafted Saquon Barkley in three of seven leagues. Well, not including, I drafted him in every single best ball league, but, Cause those are running back heavy, but I, I drafted him three of four um, year longs and three of seven year longs. Best decision I've ever made. I drafted him early in one league in the first round. People thought I was crazy.
0: As long jealous, healthy. I, I I still can't believe I drafted Najee Harris when I could have drafted Saquon Barkley. Just everyone, everyone who drafted in the top five of their drafts is beating themselves up for not taking Saquon Barkley.
1: I agree. Um, I, <laughs> so I was in a league where I had the second overall pick. And I texted my fantasy football guru friend. You know I'm not a fantasy football guy. I'm really good at fantasy hockey. That is it. I texted my guru friend and I asked who should I draft between the two because I said, if Barkley is not healthy, he would be the, if Barkley wasn't having injury problems, he'd be the number one running back. And he said, go with McCaffrey. And I've been regretting that text message every single day.
0: (laughs) That's why we love fantasy football.
1: That's why we love it. Guys, thank you so much for listening to What's the Spread podcast. Be sure to download the podcast, rate, and subscribe. Miles and I will be in Tuscaloosa. We're going to visit family. We're going to eat food. And most importantly, we're going to watch the Crimson Tide. If you guys are out there tailgating or at the game, feel free to DM us on Twitter. Take care.